Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour, the Old Timer Tavern, Episode 24, D&D Goes Digital. This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lanternnoir. Hello and welcome. It is five o'clock. That means that we are off the clock and on to talking about some Dungeons and Dragons here at Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, part of the Inverse Genius Network of Content Creators. Uh, my name is Rob, aka Lantern Noir, and I'm one of the two hosts for this particular podcast. And with me, as always, Graybeard of Graybeard's Tavern. And uh, so tell us, tell us, how has has your uh, your week been, Adam? Welcome to the chat. Glad to have you back Ooh. again. Hello. Uh, my Triggs, week, welcome. My uh, my week has been uh, very work busy. Uh, we had our finale of masks over on Indoor Adventures, um, and it was it was really good. It was nice that uh, I I never got my moment of truth, but it was beautiful that I didn't, um, because the moment of truth for the playbook I was playing is you're unstoppable. Not buildings, not planets can stop you. You know, it's it's that sort of overpowering ah. super move, and it was nice that my character didn't get that, um, and it was really cool because. Uh, our buddy Reeves bot uh, Reeves bot got to save the day and reunite the, my, my love and my rival got together as a couple. So that was, uh, that was nice. You know, we saved the planet, stole an alien spaceship. Ooh. You can watch the VODs and uh, YouTube videos at uh, indoor adventures. If, uh, if so interested um, Saturday night, we couldn't meet, for my grognard game oh, um sorry to hear that uh you know we we got to get oh wait not this one we didn't get together this week because tavern sparrow had uh her birthday last week and so we took this weekend off because we had someone who couldn't be there so we took it off and i made uh a very expensive steaks <laughs> which which my uh <laughs> one daughter did not appreciate and the other daughter had never had a good steak before. And so, because she'd always been like, what? I don't You know, steak just didn't make any sense to her her little kid, now young teen mind. Can't we grind it and put it on a bun? Exactly. I Exactly. Um, Welcome, Trip, and, by the way. Glad to have you hanging out. A trip. Who we got? We got Trips and Triggs and... We got Trips and Triggs and Adam, a.k.a. Merkel Grow. Okay, I was going to say, I can't say Have that one. Have a good today. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we had uh, Figlet Magnon, um, or, or Filet Mignon, uh, as some Ugh. might say, and uh, oh. and some uh, um, sautéed asparagus. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a nice dinner instead, and I got a uh, dehydrator for Ooh. Father's Day. So now I'm going to make beef jerky yeah and uh yes, apple you, chips you absolutely are all that and then sunday we had a blast uh playing grifflands we took a vote 
And this coming Sunday, we're going to try to play Wilder Myth, Wilder Myth, rather than go back to Grifflands because we've played all three characters. We're going to take a break for a bit for a bit. So uh, it'll be a good win. Um, yeah. So and now I'm back here. Uh, also, I've been playing a lot of the demos that were out on um, Steam last week weekend oh, weekend weekend there I was, it was like checking steam yeah it was like a demo week and um, uh the, some of the demos that were out were really amazing since we're talking about video games um some of the ones i would point out war tales i'm just gonna say them real quick war tales mech armada those are the top two that i that i tried they're both really good demos i would i would totally recommend going over if they're still in demo availability there grab them up and give them a shot things to check out so, yeah tricks, and tricks for me throws in that they he's got a level five kidlet uh, who will only <laughs> eat meat if they're having steak <laughs> oh tough I break feel man. for you trig tough break um I, I have a hard time with filet mignon as a as a thing because when i was in high school and i was a caddy the mm. they decided that for the for the end of season caddy banquet they would provide us with filet mignon from the country club kitchens. And, mm. and mine was so rare that at one point, I think someone came to milk it. <laughs> I mean, it um. was, it was bad. It was like embarrassingly bad. Even like the gossip after it, because some people were still golfing still mm -hmm. was like, I can't believe you put you guys through that. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't even know what was being served. Garçon. Garcon, the uh, there's a bell. Why is there like a, a, a thing and a bell, a cowbell on my steak? Yeah, it's moving. Um, <laughs> did you just did you just moo at me? Oh, that was like the joke of the night too. It was terrible. I was oh man, it was rough. It was so so rough. Can um, I go? Do we have time. Can I tell one one go, real go, quick? Please go. Growing up, northern Michigan with mountain men. So, uh, so we used to trap turtles snapping turtles every summer we would trap snapping turtles and my, my little brother my dad we were he so you chop the heads off of them you set them in a bucket overnight so that the blood all drains out of them and then the next day you clean them you know skin them clean them butcher them blah blah, blah. well when my dad grabbed the tail of this one that'd been in a bucket overnight it started moving again right and you tin snip the guts out of it and you you know, crack the shell and pull the meat out. And the meat was still on this one was still moving. So he breaded it. He fried it. He put it on my brother's plate and then said, oh, blah, blah, dinner. And my little brother being just a little kid, he jumped up in the chair. He was sitting on his knees in the chair because he was that little. And he grabbed his fork and he went to stab this piece of turtle meat and it, it jumped. And he went, ah, flung himself away from the table. It was absolutely beautiful. That's that. Your raw meat story triggered that memory. You know. That is a tale to be recalled. <laughs> yeah. And probably Ooh. many hours of therapy. <laughs> yes. Just, just going to put that there. Yep. Uh, let's see. So for me. Last mm. week, Wednesday, so the day after we recorded, um, but possibly the day before you downloaded, based on when our, my turnaround on 
on doing all the work. Um, we had our second of three sessions of uh, Dragon Heist. They have successfully recovered Floon. And and what I considered a bit of fun writing is Volo is supposed to then hand them the deed to Troll Skull Manor, their own home in Waterdeep. Um, And the way the scene played out is they got back to the yawning portal to meet him and say, we found your friend. And he's like, oh, yes, I promised to pay you 100 gold. Um, Well, I don't have it with me. And as you see, there's a party waiting for me to go down into the Undermountain. They're taking me down on a research opportunity but 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 here mm-hmm. here have a house toodles <laughs> and then like literally leaves them with a lawyer runs mm. off jumps on the platform and disappears into the darkness <laughs> and so there wasn't even time to like say no no no, we don't want the house we want our money like mm. nope you're not getting that opportunity he's already gone right 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 um which was i mean it was i loved that that scene and watching the players sort of like process like oh now what um, mm. They did come across <clears> the <throat> intellect devourer, which was kind of fun because there were some roles made behind the screen that may or may not come up this week. Mm. Um, I'm a big fan of things like, oh, you failed your role against an intellect devourer. I'm not going to tell you for six to eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, is, evil. there is zero reason to make that known now. Or maybe it didn't happen. I don't know. Mm. Um, but we only have one more session as a group, so I don't think it's going to come into play, unfortunately. Um, and I don't, I don't want to ruin this next session on it. Um, we did not have our usual, uh, Sunday night game because of father's day, uh, Mm -hmm. two of the three of the, three of the four players said, I think I'm still going to be doing father's day stuff at our usual playtime. So we, we didn't do that, but I did eventually get home and, uh, the teen and I, uh, took a ship out on sea of thieves and we did some, some two man slooping and Mm -hmm. chilling out. And it was, it was a really fun evening. Um, of just getting around. And then this week is just nuts because mm. everything is coming out. We, we're getting <laughs> an expansion on Sea of Thieves, which I'm going to be playing this week. And then this morning, and part of what got me thinking, let's talk about the history of Dungeons & Dragons licensed video games. I did a four-hour uh, session on the new Dark Alliance game. And Ooh, and I have thoughts. <laughs> okay. I have Good. thoughts. Um, but it did get me thinking, you know, there seems to be some history with them buying the rights to the D&D license, um, which is also I find interesting because there's another game that's not on this list that uses, that's not on the Wikipedia list, but it uses mm. the D&D rule set. Oh, I think I know. A uh, recent one? Yes. Um, uh, Solasta. Yes. Um, is not listed as a D&D game because it doesn't have, it's not licensed as Dungeons and Dragons. Right. But it uses the Dungeons and Dragons rule set faithfully. Yeah. yeah. It's the it's the oh, the free material of D D. Oh my snatch. And so they're using the free, you know, what is open license, uh-huh. but then they had to like create their own classes and stuff. So it's it's really interesting to go, I'm a what? I can be a huh kind of priest? Yes. Well, you could be a, you're a cleric. They're clerics because that's part right. of the free. Yeah. And all the spells have the same names because that's part of the free. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we're gonna I, we're gonna start with the 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 good stuff because mm-hmm. Triggs just wanted to ask if we were to pick a D and D based computer game, what would be our go to choice? So we gotta put put it where we get to install a game on our console or PC of choice. 
what are we going with? You look like you're going to struggle with an answer. Yeah. So if you got one, go I got for one. it. I'm going to go first. Okay. Um, my go-to, honestly, um, at this stage would be the the first iteration of Neverwinter Nights mm. um, would be my go-to because I have a very good history with it. Um, mm -hmm. When it launched, I dedicated that. I was well. It launched. Let me get. I have the release date here. Um, released in ninety one. Mm. Really? That can't be right. Uh, hold on, that's not the right one. Because it came out after that. Because I was working when it came out. Um, where is it? I can't remember. There it is. Uh, two thousand two, June eighteenth. Mm. Um, it came out. And so that was the beginning of summer vacation. Oh. And so I literally spent the entire summer learning the tool set and yeah. developing modules for it. Oh, and sweet. and so I had, and the thing is, unlike Neverwinter Nights 2, yeah. the uh, tool set was easy enough for me to get in and do a lot with. And it mm -hmm. had a lot of room for player design and map making and tile laying. Um, they had a really robust set of tiles you could just drag and drop to create your dungeons. You weren't having to like learn how to, you weren't learning how to how to map textures and whatnot. You were like, look, I need a hallway. Plunk, here's a hallway. Ooh, I need a room. Plunk, 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 plunk. Here's a room. Um, I need some doors. Plunk, plunk, plunk. Um, and it was late enough that I could pretty easily look up scripting language that I needed yeah. for particular circumstances, and I could understand the C language behind it. Right. To write in whatever scripting I wanted to have happen. So like I had a couple of puzzles where it was one of those, you push a lever and the lever on either side of it moves and you have to get all five of the levers to go from backwards to the other way. It was one of those kinds of simple little puzzles. Yeah. Um, but... So, you know, I'm just, I, I just have to say, so you were, you were, you know, you were tired of being a player cause you're always a player and you thought, boy, I should learn to be a DM here. <laughs> Well, right? something. It's, it's kind of like what's going on today with the modern era when everyone's like, I want to, I'm going to run D&D &D online. I want to do it on Roll20. Like, mm. yeah, you can do it, but let's... How good are you with your scripting? Because that's like a lot of the power of the virtual tabletops is that presetting stuff. And and so there was like a nice taste of it. That was a game I, I put so many hours into developing stuff. Oddly enough, I don't think I ever played past chapter one of the published campaign on it. Wow. Like I played enough to understand how the interface worked, but it was a very strict, um, I think third edition D and D yes. or second edition. No, it was third, third edition D and D. So it was, it was, it followed yeah. the, the game mechanics pretty accurately. Um, some of my most fun scripting errors came from it. The, the power <laughs> of testing. I had one spot where I scripted where you would go into a house and it would spawn I'd already put the NPCs in, but it would add two zombies. And it had a father who had a morning star that was like a plus one. So if you could talk him out of it or if he yeah. died, you could pick it off his body. And then I had the, the kid model and she was a little like sorcerer. So she had like a couple of nice. spells and yeah. based on luck, either the zombies would take them out while you watched, or maybe you got in there and saved them. And I had a bunch of dialogue trees. And I was really yeah. proud of my first test run. I walked in and dad charged the zombies the daughter fired off burning hands, <laughs> kills the zombies, hits dad for damage. Dad mm -hmm. is now aggroed against the kid, turns around and one shots her 
oh no and i'm like okay back to the scripting drawing board that that one's not going to make it in the final edition (laughs) it was a little family hostility going on there you you just didn't script it in that was that was all and then like Um, two and a half hours later i'm like okay she loses burning hands i'm gonna give her magic stinking missile right yeah no more of that crap so what's your what's your what's your go-to you get your one dnd based computer game okay so um I have, I would never go back to these because I have tried to go back to certain older computer games and and I just can't. I just can't go back. I've I've played too many systems and too many games now because like at one point I'm like, I'm going to do Baldur's Gate again. When they did like a new version, like a, a, a remastered version of it. And I started making characters and I went, oh my God, nope, can't do this. Ooh halflings can only be like a seventh level fighter and a 12th level thief and you know it, it just it was suddenly it was second edition and i i just i, I couldn't I have, go back i have one word for you when i went back to try to play Baldur's gate mm. thacko <laughs> so um yeah so i um i have a super fondness for uh pool of radiance Mm. Um, but again, I couldn't go back and play it again. I, I, so, uh, I didn't have the, the best of dads and, um, he grounded me one summer for the whole summer, like just out of just for nothing out of nowhere, you know, three months you're grounded. And I'm like, okay, so that's summer. So I sat in a non air conditioned house and, (laughs) And we prayed that my poor Commodore 64 wouldn't die. And, you know, um, when he was at work, I never left the house. But when he was at work, I would invite my friends over. So we all made characters in Pool of Radiance. And it was like, oh, we're playing D&D on a computer. Ooh. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, um, if I could only load one in, my go-to at this point Ooh, boy, that is still rough. I guess I would go with uh, Baldur's Gate 3, the newest one. Okay. Um, it's 5th edition. It's got a billion options. Well, it's growing. It's it's getting there. It has enough options to get you going, and, and the, the artwork is amazing, and you can play with friends. Um, so I guess that would be my go-to at this point would be the, the recent one. Now, full disclosure, I haven't loaded Baldur's Gate yet. My, mm. I just recently upgraded to another hard drive that would hold it. Mm. And then, and based on how much my computer is chunking to, um, to, to stream yeah. period, I'm nervous. I won't be able to stream it until I upgrade mm. my computer. So I'm kind of holding off on getting too into it. Yeah. So that I can stay on games that I can stream. Um, but I, it is on my radar. Yeah. And I think I'm going to like it when I get my hands on it. Uh, I watched, uh, I was watching um, LB, LB, Satine Phoenix, and uh, uh, what's his name from Nerd, uh, Nerd Immersion? Ted from Nerd Immersion. They, they had a group together with like one more person and they were playing the co-op like on mm. Thursday nights or something. And so I was watching the VODs of that and um, it looked really good. So then of course I, I, I had pre-ordered it 
and then didn't play it and mm-hmm. didn't play it. And then uh, eventually a uh, buddy, one of our, our friends, Mick Mumbles, um, was like, we'll play with us. So we made an old dwarf party and the three of us lumped around as dwarves, you know, and um, ha- had a pretty good time with it. So, uh, yeah, I would give I'd give it probably from what I've played, I'd give it like four stars. Um, yeah, solid. it's probably one of the, you know, it's definitely the most graphically interesting D&D game I've ever seen for computer. Yeah, it's definitely riding high on the the engine front. It's 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 tapping a lot. I'm I'll be honest, I'm kind of holding out hope mm-hmm. that they're going to be um, releasing it when it's finalized, that they're going to mm-hmm. push it through to the Xbox Series X. Nice. Um, that's my hope because of how much Microsoft is doubling up between the two. Yeah. And it's, as much money as they've put into it, it seems to me that those of us that are kind of strictly console users right. um, at this point really can get a good bone out of that yeah. um, if they can make it work. Um, Adam also agrees that Baldur's Gate 3 is uh, stinking amazing. Um, and Triggs is contributing Sorcos Legends, Pathfinder Kingmaker, and Dark Alliance just came in today. Um, and again, same problem I have. Baldur's Gate 3 might might break the computer. Um, yeah. It, I- I know it's not a D and D game, but but Path Pathfinder Kingmaker uh, is is really good. Oh my goodness, it is mwah, a beautiful, beautiful game. Now I haven't done anything with Stadia yet, and that'll be another show. We'll talk about more about that. Um, that's mm-hmm. cloud computing based, um, mm-hmm. and I can imagine too something like a mostly turn based game. Yeah. You can get away. I mean. Definitely, there's no problem with with streaming that from a cloud because, yeah, even a tenth of a second, um, is not going to factor into anything. Right, right, right. Although curiously, from what I played on Dark Alliance today, a tenth of a second is well within their usual uh, lag time for input <laughs> and reaction. Um, it is a, it isn't. We have other games to talk about. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. But yeah, so those were like our go-to, like right out of the gate, big ones to, to think about. I actually popped over. I'm, my research today was like anybody, when you come up with a topic for a thesis uh, within 24 hours of having to turn it in, you go to Wikipedia and then you make yourself sound smarter than you are by the way you quote Wikipedia. Hmm. Um, but no, I was really taken aback at how many things uh, were on here as uh, games that I didn't even, they didn't even click in my brain um as D games but partially because they go back to like the first one listed as dungeons and dragons home computer game mm. is pool of radiance from 1988 Ta-da. that's the one i was talking about yeah um you got five minutes you should go okay we'll i'll talk more about dark alliance later so if you're not mm. still here miracle i'll give you the 411 on like my review or i'll make sure you can tag it in the YouTube uh, VOD um, because I have thoughts about that. Um, yeah, but that goes back to 88 and there's a whole slew of games that came out between 89 and 90. Like they were coming out three a year. Yeah. Going through here and they were all part of the gold box series, the dark sun series. There's a couple of Ravenloft games in here mm-hmm. and I missed this entire window of games, but that at the same time, my house did not have a funk really good PC mm-hmm. until 1990. Yeah. 
we yeah. we finally got an IBM PC. I was working off an old Atari. Yeah. And so I was hoping like I was hoping when they came out for the Commodore, there'd be a disc tucked in the back <laughs> that would let it run on a run it let it run on an Atari eight hundred. Um, was my good old days. But there's one I saw at the bottom here I do have to give a shout out to. All right. It came out in 1981, which is the Dungeons & Dragons computer fantasy handheld LCD game. <laughs> and I had that sucker. <laughs> and it was it was genius. Because mm -hmm. all you had, well, you, you could move through the dungeon. It was The dungeon was a grid. Mm. And you would move up and down and left and right. And if you went off the left side of the grid, you popped on the right side of the grid and you had to find the treasure before you found the dragon. Right. Right. And, and if you were within one square of the dragon or within two squares of the dragon, you would know what direction the dragon was. Oh, so you had neat. a little bit of a hint. Right. Right. And that was the whole game. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. It was, that's, so, and I believe there was an Intellivision game that was pretty much the same thing. Um, and it, I don't know how they got around it or if it's not on that official list, but I think it was Intellivision or, yeah, it had to be like one of those early systems. Anyway, it, it has the, you, you can find it on the, um, on youtube it has a, a they call it the duck because the dragon is like this gold thing that goes gwank, gwank, yep. gwank, gwank, and that was the dragon and i remember we were over it uh you know our our buddy dion had oh he had a game you know a non-atari game system Ooh, i know you know the and so it was it was like, wow, mind-boggling. And they had Dungeons and Dragons. Well, there so, is Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Cloudy Mountain for the Intellivision. There it is. That was the one you're thinking of? I'm pretty sure. Okay. It's I, with the... It doesn't show any of the Wikipedia article doesn't show any of the art from ah. the game, but it's definitely, it seems about right. It was a game cartridge for the Intellivision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, so it was bits, of, you know, 8-bits graphics and MIDI sounds and so yeah, so we played. I mean, we played a billion hours of that, you know, as kids. But um, yeah, so they there's been games forever and a day. And then uh, uh, Miracle Grow, <laughs> my dyslexic brain kind of put that together. Um, uh, Eye of the Beholder was indeed a great a, a great game. It was so ridiculously high level, though, if I'm remembering. Wait. So it was Pooler Radiance, Curse of the Azure Bonds, Eye of the Beholder. I think maybe. Yeah, Eye of the Beholder was that classic. You have four characters and you're looking through, you're you're walking through the dungeon. Ah. Is what it looks like. The first person perspective, three dimensional dungeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grant, grant. Using yeah. point and click interface to fight the monsters. Yeah. Um, that's one that uh, shows up every once in a while because it's like, it's got the the kobolds or whatever, and it's like artwork of kobolds, and then they <laughs> they get two poses, is like yep. this, and then the attack pose. Yep. And yeah. Oh well, man, and that that's... was that was such a huge genre that still persists. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, Bard's Tale, mm -hmm. Bard's Tale. No, um, starts with a B though. Bard's Tale was that way. The original. Okay, then it's Bard's Tale. 
Um, yeah. Bard's Tale 2 Remastered Director's yeah. Cut is on Game Pass right now, and it's that classic, you know, you're you're going through the dungeon, and oh, there are the <laughs> things, and they've got a lot more animations now, but it's still, here's my party lined up down here, and I see their faces when they take damage, they go, oh! Um, they've just, they, it, that, the gameplay hasn't changed much. Yeah. But the graphics and the uh, visuals have really come up. And th- and that's, it's weird because it's not technically a Dungeons and Dragons game, mm. but it is very much a Western RPG yeah. um, that we would recognize as an RPG. Whereas I remember the first time I picked up a Final Fantasy-esque game <laughs> or any JRPG, I was like, how is this a role-playing game? I can't, I have to give this sword to that guy. I don't want him to have that sword. I want her to have that sword. Wait, she can only use this kind of a dagger? Why why can't she use swords? She's a fighter. She's a fighter that only uses daggers and a whip. What the hell is up with that? Um, And I have to find the key to open the thing to get the magic item to do the next part. Yeah, it it really blew my mind that that these were also RPGs. It took me a very long time to get used to JRPGs. Mm-hmm. As a legend of Grimlock is Eye of the Holder clone. Yeah, there were so many games mm-hmm. from that era that yeah. fit that format of Trump, Trump, Trump smack. Yeah. Um, uh, there's been a, um, uh, a, a resurgence, a, a joke floating around Twitter and stuff right now about how Link, you know, hates pottery and breaks all the pots and stuff. I, it was Bard's Tale 3, I think had a bit it was so beautiful because they made fun of the genre you know the this has got spoilers but it's like a 10 year old game sorry for it um yeah uh so it's like oh will you go kill the rats in my basement and the snarky bard's tale character's like oh rats in the basement of course yeah okay i'll do that and you get down there and of course the rat is the size of the basement you know it's just like a dark cavern with beady red eyes but then after you you finish that, you're walking away, and and someone goes, psst, "Hey you, psst, psst, psst. hey come here. I'm from the Barrel Makers Guild, and I'll give you five copper for every barrel you break." And so, <laughs> so then you run around breaking the barrels, and then you go to the barrel maker, and he's like, "Ooh, 107 barrels, paching!" And he gives you a big lump of copper for every uh, I. I laugh so hard. I I was like calling calling my brother, and I'm like, "This is the best thing ever." You know. Yeah. Now it, it feels weird because Baldur's Gate really, I think, was one of the ones that stuck out in my brain as breaking out of that 3D isometric. Yep. We're gonna like first person dungeon crawl and into that build a party, move the party around like you're playing with miniatures. Um, and they wrote, I mean, that engine type, because I'm, again, I'm looking down my li- the list of games here, Baldur's Gate, Baldur's yeah. Gate Expansions, Plains Bit Gabe, Icewind Dale, Baldur's Gate 2, more Icewind Dale, more Baldur's Gate, Pool yeah. of Radiance, The yeah. Ruins of Mithranar, which is one that I know Miracle and I talked about this morning when I was playing uh, Dark Alliance, Right, is all in that, here are the dudes, highlight the dudes, send the dudes. Yep. Um, and did, I think, kind of broke into that phase. Um, I don't know how much you played it, but I know I played a lot of uh, Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. I finished mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate 1. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't follow Planescape. 
Mm. I started playing it and I got lost in it. And I'm like, mm, I'm going to go back to playing Baldur's Gate. Um, I played most of Baldur's Gate too, but that weird combination of real time and turn based. Yes. Was kind of cool. It, um, so Baldur's Gate was probably other than the three months I was stuck with pool of radiance, you know, waiting, waiting for a disc to spin up to, to load the next bit for, you know, for that. Uh, Baldur's Gate oh, is hey. probably the, the game I've chosen to spend the most time with, you know, collecting, collecting all the guys, all the all the NPCs and putting them in the one house that you can get in the center of the map so that so that you can go and pick the party you want. You know, you you play Pokemon first and search the whole map to, <laughs> to find all the NPCs and then get them together. I, it was one of the first games to have NPCs combos that didn't like each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was an amazing, the amazing bit of, of, mm-hmm. of scripting and stuff at the time. So you would take certain characters and they would just hate each other. And they would just like, you know, gnaw at each other and just be, you know, and, and sometimes leave the party when they just were oh, like, yeah. no, that person's evil. I'm out. You know, you've so. you've made choices I do not agree with. I don't think I actually ever played Temple of Elemental Evil. To be fair, I think when that landed, I had I was I was starting to move. I was deep into Neverwinter Nights, mm. and that's how I missed it. I was so tied to the the mods and yeah. the content creation that I totally missed Elemental Evil. Um, and I do believe it was probably one of the most faithful D and D games ever. It it really is good. I I have played through Nuln uh, countless times. I couldn't even tell you how many times I've loaded that back up, played through Nuln, and then got to the temple. And the temple is the, and this is in real life too, <laughs> is such a grind that I was like, I can't, I just can't do this anymore. You know, it was, it was, it was the, I had been at that point, I'd been playing D and D for 25, 30 years. And so to play the grind was just brutal. So, uh, but in real life too, when, um, when three, five redid temple of elemental evil, my players, one in particular got super nostalgic and was like, can you run this holy module and (laughs) and i'm like yes because i i've run the village of hamlet more than any other module ever that is the module it is it is my ravenloft that's awesome i have run that module i can't i it would be dozens of times dozens of times because i know that i have run it basically when we were at the gamers guild Every year I would run it just to because people would be like, I've never played some D&D. And I'd be like, you have now. Come on <laughs> in. We got you covered. So. We got you covered. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have agreement, too, that the elemental level is probably one of the hardest modules ever and allowed for the five-foot step mm-hmm. mechanic from 3-5. The free, you can always move five feet. Yep. Um, so you always move one square. Yes. Um, which is, and you know, something else occurred to me. Did we get... I'm looking down the list, and, and mm. I don't know if we did or not. Did we get any games that followed fourth edition rules? 
Not that I know of. Which blow. I was thinking about that after I pitched the idea to you this morning. I'm like, the one Dungeons and Dragons core rule set that lends itself most yeah. to an easy transfer to a video game platform is yeah. the one that no one licensed for a video game. Maybe there might have been a Tomb of Annihilation or Candlekeep or something that did fourth edition rules. There may have been one of those in there that was like, a, you know, play online. It's free to play and then snag and, and you know, try to get you for money. Um, Maybe. Uh, yeah, because there was, like I said, there was a Candlekeep or a Tomb of Annihilation. Oh, not Tomb wait, Neverwinter. Uh, Okay. Did now did yeah. you ever play Neverwinter the MMO? No. Okay. Nope. I think maybe now that I'm thinking about it, and Triggs just mentioned it too. Neverwinter mm. Online does have a lot of that. You could always do this. You can sometimes do this. You can only rarely do this. Because mm. you had to charge up your daily, your encounter powers uh, were on like a five minute cooldown. Yeah. And then you had your at will powers. Mm. Um and to be fair. As far as MMOs went, Neverwinter was not bad. Yeah. I did mm. not get deep into it. I think I got to like level 20 something. Yeah. Um, and then in, in my opinion, unfortunately, they went free to play. <laughs> and and once they went free to play, they then had to remind you of all the ways you could pay to play. Yeah. And it became very, to me, cumbersome to play. Because it yeah. felt like everything I was doing was another reminder of, oh, but don't forget, you can pay for something. Oh, you you won some, you have something, you have a chest. It'll cost mm -hmm. you a dollar to open it. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't play that. I did play Dungeons and Dragons Online, DDO. Yes, so did we. And, and, all right, we're all alone here, right? Yeah. Um, Just between you and me. So better so better than world of warcraft it was so it 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 led the way it led the way to world of warcraft as, as is blizzard's uh mo they were like oh people like that thank you very much <clears throat> now it's in our game um i i hmm. really adored dungeons and dragons online one of the problems with it was um we had D and D. We we called it D and D coast to coast because we had one friend on on the east coast and one friend on the west coast, and we all were like, "We're gonna play every Friday night at nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Eh, be ready." And so we would log in, and I would log in like an hour early and get all my stupid stuff out of the way. I almost swore there. Um, <laughs> um, stupid stuff out of the way. So, you know, Tra, my barbarian dwarf, was ready to go, you know, right at time to play. And we had team speak or whatever it was at the time. And so yeah. we could talk to each other. And as soon as everybody else would log on, they'd be like, oh, I got to go sell treasure. Oh, I got to go pick up mercenaries. Oh, and I'm like, I hate you guys. I work like 80, 90 hours a week. I make time for this. And I'm and, ready to go when it's time to and, go. Yeah. And then the ready to go time does not include time to prep your character to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, and then intrigues pointed out that there's a, a good, there was, was a good online RP community, which a lot of the MMOs, I'm, credit where credit is due. If you dig, you can find generally good RP communities. And I think every MMO that's come out. Nice. Um, 
I know that I know Warcraft has some areas where the role play can be a little bit too heavy. I mm. know some places where the role play can be a little too adult. Um, mm. But the one thing Warcraft definitely had going for it is it's so big. Whatever right. your level of role play involvement is, you will you can find that group given time. And I think Neverwinter also had that going for it. A D and D Online had that going for it. Yeah. Um. And and they Neverwinter also did have the dungeon creator tool. And mm. I never invested much time into it, and I wish I had. Mm. Um, but I think part of what I bumped into with that engine, because it's very similar to one they had for City of Heroes, yeah. is you spend a lot of time making a dungeon, and so do lots of other people. Mm. And and I wasn't ready emotionally to do <laughs> what had happened in City of Heroes, which is, look, I've made this really neat adventure. It has interesting NPCs, and there's some scripting, and there's some storyline, and then it languishes untouched mm. oh. unless you get really lucky and you beg somebody on the forum to review it yeah and then yeah, maybe yeah. somebody notices it um and so i wasn't ready emotionally to go through that which i should have i think i think i got ruined in a lot of ways by neverwinter nights yeah. because when i put out the um uh spires of ravenloft mod that's what i called it yeah um I was on the on the front edge. There were only maybe thirty downloadable custom made modules for Neverwinter Nights at the time. Yeah, and I was the only Ravenloft one. Hmm. So a lot of people were like, "Oh, wow, this is cool!" and and it kind of broke me because now I'm like, "Wait, I want to be noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to just do it and have nobody care that I did it." Um, I have rewritten all of lords of the rings in dungeons and dragons form crickets <laughs> yeah it's like come on i put a lot of working on this um comes the three-part dungeon back in time prevent the cold dragon from messing with the timeline stopping the hero of neverwinter from collecting the water that sounds cool that sounds <laughs> intense and that's i'm glad they took the time to invest in the yeah, that's a really slick, by the way. The back in time to prevent terrible things from happening and keeping the timeline pure. Timeline pure, very popular right now. Check out mm -hmm. Loki. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's absolutely worth however much it costs you a month to get access to it. <laughs> it it's like watching a feature film, except mm -hmm. in 30-minute chunks. And and the, the crazy part, Owen Wilson can act. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like act. <laughs> and And I also adore, last thing about it, is that everything at the Time Variance Agency has a 1950s aesthetic. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's, it's so, so good. good. And so. the Marriott Hotel in Atlanta, the, Marquee, the Mar Marriott Marquis Hotel, is actually the location for the TVA. <laughs> you don't notice there's a lot of computer work. Right. And you can tell it's green screen background for most of it. Um, yeah. But they did stuff there where they they videotaped the elevators and that central column in the hotel. Yeah. And then yeah, they yeah. computered that out to create this building. It is amazing. And I huh. was watching. I'm like, oh, my God, that's the Marriott. Because uh, huh. we, we're many-year veterans of Dragon Con uh, oh, back yeah, before yeah. it got to be too big for us to go and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but it was oh, it was really neat to see that. Okay, um, yeah, Infinity Stones are like paperweights. It has to do with a magic thing. It's it's another podcast. Um, yeah. But Neverwinter the the it was good for the publishers of Neverwinter Cryptic 
to think about ways to encourage people to get in and explore that that creation tool and and discover each other because that was i think one of the big downsides to it um i liked it generally as far as mmos go i've always believed warcraft is bigger than it should be and i was i've always been bummed that something has come out that has failed to bring down wow Uh yeah yeah it's again i we're in a safe space. So I feel comfortable saying that, you know, World of Warcraft is Budweiser. It is the it is the common the common denominator amongst amongst <laughs> roleplay games. It's it's not it's 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 not too flavorful for those who don't want any flavor for whatever reason it's not too watered down it's a it's like the socially acceptable the the most people will play it it's the most accessible and and hence it gets so big because everyone can play it i can play it i can probably play it on my phone you know (laughs) so i I laugh though because i've often referred to it as the olive garden of mmos ah yes (laughs) and and you know it's like i don't i like the olive garden Mm -hmm. i think it's a perfectly serviceable restaurant i've Mm -hmm. never i can honestly say i've never left the olive garden going wow that was a terrible meal like wow i can't believe i paid for this experience i've left a lot of restaurants that are much higher rated than the olive garden going the hell just happened yeah I, I have been to four star places mm-hmm. and gone, yeah, we should have just went to Olive Garden. Because, <laughs> again, you know what you're getting. Yes. It's going to be, it's going, it, it's going to be palatable. It's going to be a positive experience. Bang. You're going to get out the door and go, awesome. You know, I, 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 I will not name said four star restaurant, but we went one time and I went, yeah, because we weren't, you know, because we weren't dressed like we were getting on an airplane in the 1960s, you know, because uh, uh, we were doing other things. We were staying in the, a very fancy hotel and we were going out to do something that we weren't dressed fancy for. And we just were like, well, this is a four star restaurant. Let's stop there. But we were in, you know, basically like street clothes. And yeah, they treated us like vermin like um Ooh. oh oh i why are they are they are they is the fly trap are they stuck to the fly paper why are they in this booth why get, are can they we here? get them out of here um yeah ouch yeah ouch 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 more black olives less lettuce please i would say more pepperonis and mm. less lettuce myself um, um on a slight tangent as brought up by chat um yeah. MMOs for VR, since we are talking MMOs right now, mm, having mm. segued slightly off, uh, Township Tale is coming up in July, mm. and it looks like it is um, is positioning itself to be a bit more like Ultima Online was. Mm. And I feel like it's hard to talk about Dungeons & Dragons video games and not reference Ultima Online, or the Ultima series of games, really, better way to put it, mm-hmm. because there was such an overlap between, I'm going to make a character, and they're going to be in a party of other characters and they're going to go fight monsters. And some yep. of them beat things and some of them blast things and some of them stab things. And then I got to get them all around the board. So they're in the best spots. Like Ultima three. Like I'm, I think when a lot of people were playing and looking for that first wave of D and D games to come out, 
Yeah. The Ultima 3, 4, and 5 ran really well on my, my old Atari. Yeah. And those are what I was playing. I think, okay, and I always screw this up, whether it was a super early Elder Scrolls or Ultima game, but I made a character, and I remember it was great because you could make just lizard folk, and, you know, there was just all sorts of crazy races and yeah. things you could put together. So I think it was... I think I, I had a lizard folk barbarian who had an ability because I think what happened was either I uh, and got the disc from a friend. You know, there was no yar in there was no Jolly Roger flags, no bandit, no, no muskets. Not, there was no pirating going on is what I'm saying. And yeah, but was. I, I think I may have gotten the game. Um, from a friend who just copied the disc because there was no protection things back then. And so I don't think I had the, the rule book. And so I made like a lizard folk barbarian and he had an ability called yell. And so my, my lizard folk barbarian would go into the bar and there would be a bartender and he would ah! in the bartender's face and nothing would happen. And we'd go to a shop or we'd be in a dungeon in a sewer. And I would, ah! the barbarian would do this yell and and i thought oh it's just got to be broken or something and then one time out of frustration we were outside of the city and i went ah and horses showed up <laughs> it was it was basically a mount spell for the barbarian the barbarian could call horses from the wilds you know call mounts and so yeah i that is my experience with the ultimate series that always rings true in my head this this lizard man or maybe he was a halfling i can't remember anyway uh, yeah. he would yell i don't think there were i think almost everyone was human in ultima ultima was okay. always a very human and centric uh, game world no. um but it was that same philosophy though and i remember ultima online was like our first mmo that jenny and i played together mm. um because we could and that was when we used ic if you, you we were using icq um, in an alt, in an, another window, alt tabbing mm. between them to circumvent the fact that you had to pay in-game money to get access to gemstones to talk to people at distance. Oh, in Ultima Online, it was one where all chat was local, and you could shout, which would get you one full screen in any one direction away from your current location. But if right. you wanted to talk across the map, you had to have two linked gemstones. And the, ah. the receiver gemstone would replay any dialogue that came in within hearing range of the sending gemstone. Huh. And back and forth. Right. So it was one of those where you didn't even see who was saying things. It was just a voice saying things. Mm. It was really clever, but at the same time, it didn't, like, we all figured out pretty quick, I want to play with my girlfriend. Her right. character is not next to my character. I need a way to talk to her to say... I am at the bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also remember I had a friend who was playing it, and he his character's backstory included the fact that his sister was one of the teleporting guards that mm. protected the bank. Okay. Like, she'd hung out, his sister hung out in a guardhouse unless you tried to rob the bank, because she was one of the, the guards that would teleport next to you and thwack you. <laughs> nice. And it was like, I'm like, that's 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 a deep cut, dude. <laughs> okay all right i see where you're going there um but um yeah it was a really neat neat game system 
that did a lot at the time. Um, I'm also kind of amused. I'm looking at the, again back at the Wikipedia thing. They have mm-hmm. um, Tales from Candlekeep, the Tome of Ni- Annihilation game, listed yeah. as a not role playing game within the Dungeons and Dragons setting title. Yeah, and that throws me for a loop because having played it, it plays a lot like Fourth Edition D and D. Right. See, that's what I. That's why I had said I thought it was fourth because I I looked yeah. at it and was like, oh, there's. You know, you pick your powers, and your powers are on timers, and they, they, they I figured that's yeah. what it was. Um, I think it's fourth edition. It's about that same time, and it was one of those yeah. that plays. They they play very much like uh, Tome of Annihilation. You can buy the board mm. game, the, the adventure board games, um. where you you move to the edge of the map, and then you discover the next tile, and it's mm. semi randomized because the way it's set up. Yeah. I've been waiting for them to do the Ravenloft adventure board game <laughs> on that engine. Cause right. I'm like, I will play that till the cows come home. Um, because I, I enjoyed playing my mother. Actually, I asked my mom for some money for some video games of many years ago for Christmas. And she went, yeah, you don't need more video games at your age. <laughs> and, and I said, well, you know, I, but it's what I do with my downtime. And she said, you don't need video games at your age. If we're if anything, we're going to buy you games like that you can play with other people, like some I board see. games. I said, mom, mm. that, that requires friends. Right. I don't have <laughs> a lot of friends locally that play board games. Yeah. So, so she bought me the Ravenloft adventure board game. And when I opened it, I said, oh, a board game. Having discussed with you that I really don't have an interest in collecting more board games right now because I don't have time to play them with people. She goes, oh, that right. one says you can play it by yourself. It says mm-hmm. players one. That's fine for you. You don't need friends. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> and that story is one of the many reasons I've been trying to get my mother onto a podcast. Yeah. Oh, she won't cool. bite. Um, yeah. But that's, I mean, as far as D&D goes, I think that's another really fun. It's, it's a nice fluff filler. Mm. I'm going to try to figure this level out with my characters yeah kind of game i'm i'm very so this is this is before we knew each other but the last gen con that ever existed um i sent i sent the there was the ravenloft board game there Mm -hmm. was there was a dragon one that was gold it had like a gold dragon or a brass dragon in it and there was, I think, one with a blue box. Maybe I sold them all at auction. Oh yeah, I, oh, I, no. you know, they, I can see it. They'd been there on the shelf, and my, you know, there are there are so many. I uh, we have so many board games. Just oh no, no, so I. Many board I actually, uh, I'm, I'm. This is specifically a Miracle Girl still in the uh, the chat. I have Temple of Elemental Evil, the adventure adventure board game. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to put that in front of you yeah. and remind you that you are within a mile of this house. There it is. So just <laughs> throw that out there uh, for, you know, planning purposes. Um, and therefore also on their list of games that are Dungeons and Dragons video games mm-hmm. that I, that also jumped out at me. There's a bunch in here. Dungeon is in here. A um, bunch of the nineties stuff. Um, more recently uh, they have uh, warriors of Waterdeep, which I, poked at on my phone very briefly enjoy your evening it's yeah. time for the tuesday night dnd game good luck um try not to die as i think oh, tonight yeah. you're not trying to die uh, last night you were trying not to kill people 
All right. And uh, we'll figure something out. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't. I didn't go very far with with Warriors of Waterdeep because if I remember right, it had a, a it had one of those you play for free. And then really quickly you realize that you have to start buying the packs right? in order right. to keep doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't go very far, but they have Lords of Waterdeep on here. And I'm going to say I love the board game Lords of Waterdeep, and I adore just as much the digital adaptation of it. I have never seen the digital adaptation for it, but we have we – have there's like two expansions for it one or two yeah i know there's yeah, at least one and and we we said so the skull uh, yes. uh skull port thank you skull port um yeah so we when again back pre-plague uh when we used to uh have sunday night board game nights we would um yeah we would totally um bust that out that was a, that was one of the the table favorites um it's it's i almost sold it off i had it briefly Mm. set to get rid of um and i ended up getting rid instead of uh stone age was the one i ended up sending away instead because for worker placement games i really like it i Mm. like the theme behind it and the digital version is a perfect facsimile of the tabletop game Nice. It's it's just spot on. You get your little guys, you put your guys, everything's animated. It flows really quick and fast. There's no setup, no breakdown. The AI is not terrible. (laughs) But it's like, well, it's like any other worker placement. Right, Um, right. A good worker placement game, and I know we're a little off video games here, um, Mm -hmm. has a certain amount of, I'm I'm going to block you from actions. I'm going to figure out your plan, and I'm going to put my workers where you're going, to slow you down <laughs> as a viable strategy. And I don't think the AI plays that kind of game, which is right. fine by me. Cause when I play with people, I rarely play with people with enough experience to know how to rage work. Right. Right. They're just like, Oh, I need to get more clerics. Cause I'm trying to do my quest card here. I'll go get clerics. Mm-hmm. They're not looking and going, Oh, if Rob gets two more fighters, he's going to get, <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, quick. Everyone swarm the fighters guild. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and what's really great is so uh me muddy uh sam the eagle and uh gear dr gear we <laughs> board games and i'm a role player at heart and so i play role i i role play board games <laughs> and muddy uh, we play board games so so infrequently because we have so many that you know we could play a different board game 52 you know oh yeah it, it'd be it'd be six years before we every sunday night could get through and back around to a board game so muddy would always forget what it was and he was there to talk and if he couldn't talk and hang out during the board game it just he would just decide on a thing to do and that would be like his gig and I love him dearly for it. And some of the funniest stuff on the planet is, is is when he when he you know is doing his own thing, you know, because he's decided to play it one way. I'm role playing it. My brother is you know my brother is is uh, a craftsman and a, he's he's very tactical, and so he's he's winning the game, and and it often leaves poor Sam Sam the Eagle too. too. To be like, 
God damn it, guys. He's about to win. You, someone grab the freaking clerics. <laughs> you know? Um, so it, it's really, uh, it's it's so much fun to play with those guys. Like, I can't get them all on my own. Uh-huh. Exactly. I feel like as we're, we're, we're going in this direction, I think a future stream, we're going to have to do a, we got together for D&D, but there's not enough of us. Let's play a board game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Board game conversation. Like, okay, All so right. what are our go-to games? If we can't play D&D at the table, what should we what should we be putting on the table? Definitely put a put a pin in that and then we'll uh uh go back to that. I I wanted to say something else about Dungeons and Dragons online. So okay, go for it. Because we would get together and we would play, you know, try to play like every Friday night or whatever, and team speak was like a new thing. So mm-hmm. you didn't Oh my goodness, you could make long distance phone calls without having to pay for them, you know, because I would try to get a hold of my buddy Rich out in California and it would be a $13 phone call, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so when TeamSpeak would come along, we would we would just get on DDO and we would be like, oh, I got to go do this thing. I got to go sell a bunch of stuff or get some scrolls or learn new spells or go to the bank or whatever. So I it would be like, okay i'll wait by the fountain and so i'd strip my dwarf down to just his skivvies and then start the dance command and so there'd just be this (laughs) barbaric dwarf with a massive orange mohawk doing this stupid dance in his underwear and as people would come by there was like a local local type text and i would type give me a copper (laughs) and people would come by and there were nights where I would make like a hundred thousand copper pieces by just begging for copper. So then, so then my friend would show, you know, Rich would show up and he'd have his dwarf wizard in like purple robes. And, you know, there was magical swirls cause it was Eberron and he had, you know, glowing tattoos and whatnot. And he'd be standing there in his wizard robes doing the exact same dwarf dance. So there'd be these two idiot dwarves just standing around and it would just be us shooting the stuff. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, ah, so good. So good. Which then brings us to the closing thoughts, which are the, 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 the much anticipated talking about Dungeons and Dragons, Dark Alliance. Yes. Which is the, the successor really to the line of games that loosely follows the Dungeons and Dragons. It's, it's weird. They say it follows the rule set, but mm. it's really only in name. Um, mm. You have six attributes that you can mm. level up, but they don't follow a uh, three to 18 scale that I can see. Okay. Cause if they do like all, like the two characters I played all started with stats below 10. So okay. I, I don't think they're meant to follow the three to 18 scale. Right. Um, but it it fit that Diablo. I mean, the original uh, run of Dark Alliance was like a Diablo clone. Mm-hmm. It was that that isometric run around, hit things, dodge things, break all the barrels, find all the stuff. Um, you could play it two player split screen because I remember we, my wife and I, played a significant amount of it back in the day on the old PlayStation Two. Mm. Um, and Dark Alliance like steals a ton of that feel, but with a third person over the shoulder style. Um, I, it, my first hour and a half, I absolutely hated it. Oh, 
Okay. All right. If I had not been a, I am a Dungeons and Dragons player. I am. I have a reputation for being the guy who does dungeon mastering, who runs D and D games. Mm-hmm. and did not feel obligated to keep pushing. I probably would have quit about forty five minutes in. Mm. And Miracle Girl mentioned he's 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 left the chat. But he mentioned before he took off that he lasted five minutes. Right. And he was done. Yeah. Um, you get to level one you start to get you have to finish a whole level before you can unlock abilities and then you Mm. start to get the abilities that make for more interesting combos and it's not at the point where i'm going to say it's a great game yet Mm -hmm. because my opinion on it now is i want to play it with three friends Mm. and see how it feels as the hey guys let's crack open a beer Mm -hmm. and shoot a bunch of crap with our bows or stick it with our swords and right, collect right. the gear and then go see what we, cause it does have an interesting twist of you gather all the stuff, but you don't know what any of it is until you get to the very end. Yeah. And then you go back to town and go, okay, what'd I get? Uh, and then it, it like loot box style reveals everything you collected. Yeah. Triggs right. is saying that they don't mind so far. A group will make it better. And I think, I think it will shine as an entertaining diversion for a group. Yeah, because um, I, do, I don't know, but I haven't seen in, in, in E5 where I get to stack combos and have an ultimate. I, I, I've missed those rules. So those pages, yeah, should I go well, that's, my book? Well, that's the funny thing that is, Wikipedia has it listed as using the, as being an RPG. But you do, mm-hmm. you do level up your stats, you get mm-hmm. better gear, you get... Um, you you have attributes and stuff so you've got you have rpg elements to it like any other rpg you just also have it's an action rpg mm. um which i i'll allow it i suppose but i think it's a it's a really interesting idea i'm yeah. glad they're doing it i'm glad it exists i wish it was better yeah because the one my biggest complaint this is going to be really wonky from a video game point of view it seems to operate from a hitbox animation, like it animates, and if the sword in the end, in the in the model contacts the hitbox, it's a hit. Mm. Um, and it's really hard to judge early on what's going on. And I've played a lot of action RPGs lately where it's like that's you can tell it's if you if you fire your dodge or your parry on time, you get the benefit. This one's a lot more. Oh, I was slightly facing to the left, so I still got hit. Mm. And it's um, it may, might also be me learning its rule set better. Yeah. Um. So I'm anxious to see. I'll I'll get back to you in a week because I'm going to try and play it a little bit with the teen. I might play it with Mrs. Noir before she goes on vacation. Mm. Um. To get some feel for it as a a lighter weight entry into the action RPG genres. Yeah. It's it's really good. I just glanced over at what Tr- Triggs is saying there. And 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 as you were describing it, and as I watched the vi- the the trailer for it, uh, like as we were setting up for the show, because I've been so busy at work, um, <laughs> I was like, "Hmm, this is like a Dungeons and Dragons Vermintide." Yes, I mean it looks it looks really good. It's pretty, but, but it's uh, it, you know it, it looks better than Vermintide. It's but. it's I'm running it on an original Xbox One. So this this box I have down here for streaming is like the first Xbox One we bought. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a functioning drive in it because mm. the drive broke because it's that old. And it would total it for me to replace the drive. 
Right. And it run. It's a slow load time, but it looks gorgeous. Yeah. So I can't wait to see it on a Series X. Nice. Um, nice. So that's where that's at, and that's segueing into the coming week. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to playing some more of that um, on stream today. Also drops Sea of Thieves, the Pirates of the Caribbean Tall Tale. Also drops, <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, which I'm looking forward to playing tomorrow night. Is my third and final episode in our Waterdeep Dragon Heist mini adventure. Yeah, uh, where they're going to have to figure out how to. They're going to, have to figure out what they want to do about the fact that the the house that they acquired is haunted. <laughs> and uh, and and small spoiler for the first five minutes, uh, when they wake up at the beginning of the adventure, there will be a representative of the uh, the city there, in particular, um, the 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 union in charge of removing uh, paranormal activity, the United Altar <laughs> Workers or the UAW. Um, that they have 24 hours to get their ghost out of the house or the house will be repossessed by the city to be demolished and turned into a combination cemetery and green space green space because you see the the arborist guild is concerned that it doesn't have enough work within the city walls so the uaw is working with the arborists guild to help convert some of these haunted houses into green spaces and potentially cemeteries that's Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, in the playthrough of Dragon Heist that I was in, I uh, this ghost individual, trying not to give any spoilers, my character actually killed another character because he threatened to exercise the ghost. <laughs> I think Wings, I don't know if Wings was there for that experience with you, but she very much leaned heavily on all of us out of character after the game. Like, I want this ghost to have a good ending. <laughs> like I, I don't care what my character would do, but me as a player, right. I want to see this resolve well for the ghost. And I, I'm, I pocketed that as a, I'm pretty sure Wings is going to be on board with. We need to get the party to do the right thing, right? Uh, and I love <laughs> it when players kind of tip their hands a bit that that's what they're leaning at because it's so much easier mm -hmm. to write for. But that right. gets me through Wednesday. Uh, Mrs. Noir is going to be on vacation. She's going to a Ragnar. She's going to be in your neck of the woods, actually. No. She's going right. up to run a 100-mile relay oh, with a, a team of other runners. She's not running all 100 miles herself. Yeah. Uh, but she's doing that this weekend. <laughs> um, so I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I will probably be living on stream most of the weekend. Sweet. Um, and then Sunday night, we are scheduled to be back. We're going to do some more Curse of Strahd. They're about to head up to the, the Wizard of Wines uh, winery. Oh, and discover it, what it. interesting things uh, await them there. <laughs> um, and I will continue to like try to deal with the fact that the magic items they come across all are kind of angled at the same player. And I'm going to, I'm worried, yeah, I'm worried about overloading one person with magic items. <laughs> right, right. I have, hmm. to, I have to make a plan around that. Yeah. But we'll see. Okay. We'll all see right. if it happens. How about you? Anything fun coming up? Uh, so this week, uh, the next two weeks, we are technically not streaming uh, Thursday nights. Uh, we finished masks, uh, but this coming Thursday, we will not be streaming our session zero because it's a new game system and I will have to be, you know, kind of like DMing and juggling everyone and making their characters and we're going to have to kibitz and, and, you know, it is going to be that session. So we're not streaming it. And then the week after is like 4th of July week. And mm. so we're not streaming then. So I've got the session zero 
Um, I've got my Grognard game on Saturday. Again, not streamed, but then we'll be back with Wildermyth um, on Sunday, 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 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time um, to play that. And because you can name characters and make characters and stuff in that, we will definitely have you, the audience, be characters as soon as we can, as quick as we can in that. Um, and so uh, your fate could be in my hands. Um, so that's Sunday morning, and then I'm back here Tuesday. Sounds good. It's going to be some good stuff. Um, if you want to come back and check out stuff here, um, my schedule is going to be really off the wall, but I generally try to be up and running if, uh, in the evenings around 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and then we're going to be back here again next week at 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Um, it sounds like our topic of the week is going to be the board game you, the best board games <laughs> when people don't want to play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and uh, I. We are obviously going to talk about the Dungeons and Dragons adventure board games as part of it, but that will not be our sole conversation point. Um, just brace yourselves for that that elephant in the room to be dealt with immediately. <laughs> um, so, if you've uh, if you're one of our podcast listeners, thank you for downloading. We appreciate your patronage. Please consider leaving us a review on your podcast platform of choice. It will help other people find this and other podcasts a little bit more easily. And, uh, and let people know what you do and don't like about us. We appreciate every review. It doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be good. Just let us know what you like and what you don't like so we can make the podcast better for you because that's what we're here for. Um, and so that the kids don't have to put up with us yelling at each other in Discord, um, <laughs> which is kind of where this whole thing got started, and we've been enjoying doing it. Um, yeah. So thank you for the download, and uh, we will see you all next week. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern is a proud part of the Inverse Genius Network of Content. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. They give valuable feedback for the hosts and help others find this amazing content.